Hello everyone and welcome to the True Podcast. I'm here joined today by Kieran. Hello, Gary, how are you? I'm all right, pal. What about you? Yeah, yeah, good mate. Glad glad um to see somebody else uh presenting and looking forward to talking all things football. And I'm also joined here by someone who wasn't Sam. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. It's good to be back. Good to be back and talking about everything to do with football again. So the things we're going to go over today is goal of the week, um, our game, so West Ham's game against Man City, Liverpool and the Leicester game against Arsenal. We're going to go into our score predictions. Is that all right, lads? Sounds all good. So, who do you guys think got goal of the week? Uh, Well, I already know the nominees. I'll put them on our Instagram. Um... I think a lot of people are going to go for that Vardy goal, you know. I think, obviously, with the, the winning goal. Um, so, I think I'm going to go with the Vardy goal. I mean, it was a fantastic goal. Awful defender from Arsenal. We'll get into that more when we break down the game. But, um, yeah, the winning goal, it was a great play from um, from Leicester. Um, under with the assist as well. So, I think I'm going to go with the uh, Vardy goal against Arsenal. So, uh, I'm I'm in two months. I don't. I, I think the Vardy <coughs> goal was a good move in total, but I'm in two months between the. I think maybe the Antonio goal against bicycle kick against Man City, and I also I know it was a corner, but I also like the Spurs, Tottenham Hotspurs goal last night because the the kick off the flick on from Son, and then the header into the top corner uh, flick off by Kane even, and the corner uh, the header into the top corner by Son. But I think I think most people may have voted for the one I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Antonio's bicycle kick against Man City. Sounds correct. It was the Mikel Antonio yeah. bicycle kick against Manchester City, which was a very good goal. Listen, I've got listen. That's not like I'm going to have to do a punishment because I guess wrong. Um, that, that fantastic finish for Antonio. Obviously, the goal. Um, Man City falling asleep. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into all of that. But yeah, massive thanks to, uh, massive congratulations to Mikel Antonio for that goal. What a fantastic finish! I just think it's two West Ham players that got two goals of the week. Anyway, so first goal we're going to go through is the Man City West Ham game, uh, which ended one all. Um, so just talk about this question. So do we think Houdin, if only hadn't come on, that West Ham could have beat Man City? Um, I think it was difficult. I think Foden is they they branded him as the new David Silva. Um, very very good player. Um, I do want to see him a bit more in an England shirt. Possibly, I I, I think Pep Guardiola at the moment, and we spoke a, little, a couple of weeks ago about some about what's going wrong in Man City and stuff like that. I think sometimes he's. He underestimates opponents. So I want to go back to last season. Well, you know, I know this last season was the longest season ever. But if you go back to last season, he was he came out and said that I'm resting players in the Champions League semi final against Leon. He was resting players for the final. It wasn't even in the final. And I think sometimes his team selections are wrong. He underestimates opponents. Um. You know, and as soon as they went down one nil, you saw De Bruyne warming up, Foden warming up, um, and obviously they—I mean—they got the point. And well done to Foden, but West Ham played played well again. I just think Pep Guardiola sometimes he gets his team selections wrong, leading to them 
you know, getting a point at Leeds, getting a point at West Ham. And really, on paper, um, Manchester City should be beating West Ham. But no, great result for West Ham. And possibly, if they got the team section right, it could have been a very different game. What do you think, Sam? Um, in, in all, I think West Ham... Let's talk about West Ham first. I think West Ham has clearly improved since the start of the season. And but I, it's like Kieran says, I think Pep Guardiola this season and towards the last, after project restart, I think he's became too almost I know he's like a top class manager, but I think he's became too like confident and a little bit cocky. whereas and like he he obviously he knows the what he can get out of his players. But I feel like he believes that the way he manages is going to bring a hundred percent out of them every every week, every ninety minutes they play. But full credit to West Ham, of course, and I think Foden. I, I think Man City. I think West Ham would have had a good chance if he didn't come on the pitch. But I think at the end, Man City and had quite a few chances to maybe take all three points, and West Ham. Were had Fabianski in goal, which proved a problem for them coming to the end of the game. I completely agree with you both there. So uh, the next game we're going to go on to is a bit of a bizarre one for Kieran that they're near enough drew. Uh, Liverpool versus Sheffield United. So do you think Sheffield United had a chance against Liverpool now that Virgil van Dijk's been injured? Um, Sam, you go first to this one because I think I'm going to sort of have a very strong opinion on the van Dijk injury. Um, I think obviously you take Van Dijk out of the Liverpool team, they're going to struggle. It's like the same way Leicester lost Ricardo Pereira last year and struggled. If any team loses their clearly best, like almost influential player, everyone's going to struggle. So, yeah, I think they had a better chance, but I think in that game, there were some dodgy decisions, some that should have rewarded in bigger sanctions. Which I'm sure Kieran's going to get into, but yeah, overall, I think, I, I think Sheffield United had a that that was probably one of their best chances, maybe this season to beat Liverpool. Um, it's it's a difficult one because personally, I don't think it was a penalty. Maybe I come from a point of bias. Um, I, I I personally think that it wasn't the it was one of the challenges which, if you look at the other games. Um, throughout the season, um, you possibly might think, um, you know, it, it probably wasn't a penalty. But listen, we bounced back. Uh, obviously, with the great goal from Jota with a great header, Bobby as well with the tap in, nice to see him score at home. But it's going to be a big miss, a massive miss for for Liverpool. There's no doubt about. There's no doubt about that. Um, Liverpool. Um, are going to look to the transfer market to pick up a centre-back. Um, we don't know what sort of pairing we're going to get. Maybe we get Matip, Gomez, Matip, Fabinho. We obviously went with Gomez and, and Fabinho um, on, on Saturday. So I, I, I don't really mind that we went down, but I think it would have been very, very different if we... Um, we just got a draw out of that game. So, listen, we pushed on. We obviously got the three points. Everton dropping points as well was re- was vital for us. Um, and 
I think we've just got to go and take every game as it comes and just make sure that we can score enough on enough on our end to not to not concede. But massive um, congratulations to Sheffield United well because they did play really well and you know I've, they've obviously had the, a very very tough start um, um, the the season. But I'm really really glad that we obviously got the three points and you know, results in other games um, was better. Uh, so the next game we're going to go on to is the Leicester-Arsenal game. So <sighs> do you think the Arsenal goal was offside or should it have stood? Kieran, you go first on this one. <laughs> Point of bias to you coming from Sam. But no, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think it was... Um, Offside, I think obviously Lacazette um, headed the ball. I believe it was Party who who sort of got the you know got the touch. So listen, I, I yeah we've had a lot of discussions on this podcast through other people about VAR, uh, the problems with it. But you've got to look at that and think they've got it right in that way. Why doesn't that happen with every single decision? Um, we'll come on to the Man United Chelsea game um, and the incident with Aspilicueta and Maguire a little bit later, but. Listen, I, I think it was a great win for Leicester. I, I do personally think that the the Vardy substitution would have happened a lot earlier if the goal stood. But, you know, it's offside and that's why VAR is there. VAR is to make them good decisions. If it wasn't there, you could say that um, the game could have been very, very differently. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you in there. I, um, the goal, I think the goal was actually, I don't think it was disallowed for offside. I think the goal, I could be wrong, but I believe the goal was actually chalked off in blocking the keeper's view in an offside position. Ah, uh, okay. I think it was Shaka that was standing in front of Schmeichel, who then couldn't obviously couldn't get to the ball. But we, the thing is, Leicester struggled in that first half because we didn't have Vardy. On the pitch, we didn't. We didn't even have a recognised striker. We played Harvey Barnes at striker in the first half, and then, as like you said, I I thought Vardy would come on at half time, but he came on when he did. Then Vardy loves a goal against Arsenal, and he carried on his run against them. A question for you, Sam. Though, do you personally think Vardy should have started? I think Brendan Rodgers. He did the same with Madison. He just eased him into games. Obviously, you've got the Europa League coming up this week as well. Do you think it was a good decision for Brendan Rodgers, who, by the way, is a great manager? I definitely think Leicester should keep him for the long run. Do you think it was the right decision to put Vardy on the bench because, like you said, you didn't have a striker up front? Uh, yeah, I think it was right. I think it was right uh, of him to start on the bench, but I was a bit surprised not to see Ianacho. I feel a bit bad for Ianacho not starting when he's the only recognised striker we have in the squad. And it, I'm, if, for his confidence, it must be great to have knowing that a left winger is going to start as the striker against a big team like Arsenal instead of you. But yeah, I think it was good for his fitness. It's like I said, what he did with Madison is what he'll do with Ricardo Pereira. He'll just ease them back in until they're fully fit and ready to go for a full 90 minutes. So the next thing I'm going to go on to is Aston Villa versus Leeds, which Leeds absolutely dominated and won 3-0 against Villa. What went wrong with Villa? 
I don't think anything went wrong. I think it was just a fantastic play from Leeds. I think it's be- Leeds are, are becoming the Wolves of Sheffield United of the past couple of seasons. Their football is so entertaining to watch. Me and Gary watched the full game, uh, Leeds versus Man City, and they don't have any fear against these big teams. Um, you know, just losing against Liverpool, drawing against Man City. Um, and Aston Villa have done so so well this season and they were creating chances, but Patrick Bamford was on fire. Um, I believe his third goal, where he just dribbled past three defenders and a lovely finesse shot, was actually part of the goal of the week contenders. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about Calvert-Lewin as golden boot. I'd put Bamford up there, absolutely. So I don't think Aston Villa did anything wrong. I just think it was an absolute Leeds masterclass. And it's nice because I've also, my uh, great uncle supported Leeds, sadly passed away the year that they came up. Um, so Leeds have always had a big special place in my heart. Um, and really, really glad that they could be Aston Villa, of course, because as a lot of people could probably guess. I don't really like Aston Villa. Um, so, yeah, no, great, great results for Leeds. Um, yeah, I, I, I think some, some uh, of the Aston Villa fans have got, have got a bit, little bit too ahead of themselves and been served a humbling pie. So that I, I said this, I always said this when they, they started well, of course, but like, they were, they're not gonna. They're not gonna do a Leicester maintain where they are. There were evidence that was gonna drop off, and I think this may be the start of something. I think I I, I can't remember when I put them in my predictions, but I think Aston Villa would be battling around fifteenth place, tenth tenth to fifteenth place this season. So the next game we're gonna go on to is um, quite a big game: Man United versus Chelsea, which ended in a draw. So, is there, is there anything going wrong at either clubs? Um, Sam, you go first. I, t- I think there's more going wrong at United. A lot more going wrong at the United than there is Chelsea. With United, I, it just keeps keeps on coming back to the manager. And I don't know if any of you agree with me here. It seems that Donny van der Beek is evidently becoming more and more, or showing us more and more, that he was a panic signing. To more to please the fans than anything, and we'll, we'll get on to the VAR incident in a minute, of course. But I just, I, I think Chelsea were all right. Their goalkeeper showed signs that were good, like being able to actually save the ball. Um, but no, I think more. To answer your question, I think more's going wrong at United than there is at Chelsea, who have spent well and look like a good team. Yeah, I just want to start this analyst with actually a story. Um, obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan. A lot of people know that. And, um, obviously, there's always that hate between Man U and Liverpool. But actually, I got a Manchester United fan messaged me the other day saying um, about the podcast and said that you you guys speak more sense than any Manchester United fan that I speak to. Um, and yeah, I just want to get into that. And I think Manchester United are going to be frustrated that they didn't win that game. They created chances. Cavani's first touch was like a golden touch. Great chance for him. But like Sam said about uh, Van der Beek, I don't always agree with Gary Neville's comments. Um, I think he's one of these which sometimes he makes uh, very biased decisions. But he said on commentary, commentary in that game, he said, he must be thinking, what the hell am I doing there? He start, he's 
he's only had one game for Man- for Manchester United and that was that 6-1 defeat to Tottenham and he was the guy that scored they're playing McTominay they're playing Matic they're playing Fred they're playing everybody it's, instead of um, Van der Beek and he he like Sam said he might be just you know a panic signing do they actually really need him we spoke on this podcast a lot about Man United needing the centre half um, getting the hair out of the club um, and bringing Dean Henderson in but I don't understand why they're not playing the signings Alex Tellez where was he he wasn't even in the team on, on Saturday I just think like Sam said there's so many problems going wrong at Manchester United. There's, you know, it's hard to sort of pick one. Um, you know, Sam keeps saying about the manager. Will he do well with a with a good group of players? I don't know. It it, it remains to be seen. But I think Manchester United sometimes what a great win for them against Paris Saint-Germain but they were probably thinking we've just bit Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League now let's go thrash Chelsea to be fair Thiago Silva really impressed me um, against uh, Man United on Saturday he played really well um, was disappointed in Werner and, and Havertz and so sort of they're not creating attacking opportunities but like Sam said, there's so many problems happening at Chelsea at the moment uh, uh, sorry at Manchester United at the moment where you know, they were very, very lucky, I think, to get into the Champions League after Project Restart. And I can't see Manchester United um, pushing for, for top four uh, if they don't improve this season. So just just to quickly go back to Kieran says, quick, sorry to cut you off, Gary. Right. Kieran, do you know the Alex Teller situation? Yeah. If you're a Man United fan, you've got to be wondering how he's good enough to start against Paris Saint-Germain against the likes of Neymar Mbappe Moise Keane Di Maria but it's not deemed fit enough well it's not even a fitness problem it's not, not deemed good enough to start against Chelsea but I've got to be fuming if you're a Man United, Man United fan surely and I think they've spent so much money I think they were very very happy yes they probably got should have had a centre half Gary is a um, a very outspoken hater on, on Luke Shaw. Um, I personally, I don't think he's bad, but as a Manchester United fan, who would you want in your back line? You know, they have potential. This is what I'm trying to say. They have potential. You know, Pogba in the middle, where was he? He's been dropped. You know, Van der Beek, we've just mentioned, Tellez, Maguire. If Maguire has a partner like Gomez does with Van Dijk, he could be world-class. Why, why do they keep putting their faith in De Gea I have no idea so Wan-Bissaka one of the a very very decent right back doesn't get a lot of notice because of Man United's recent results they've got so much potential like Arsenal they've, uh, we'll come back to that a little bit they've, they've got so much potential but something is going wrong at the moment and you've got to look at certain decisions and think as a club like Manchester United with the history they've got why are they not playing their best squad? Because you've got to go out onto that pitch. Us three know this by playing football. You, um, means me and Sam really did because we had a manager who was wanted to win all the time. He said, he said, this is not a case of I have to give everybody equal time. I want to win trophies and so do you. That's the whole point of football. And if Manchester United not putting their... Str- and he put the strongest team out every single week. Sometimes me and Sam were in it, sometimes we weren't. But we, we didn't moan about it because we were winning games with a very, very strong squad. If 
Manchester United are going to have a chance to get top four, win a trophy this season. They're going to have to play their best players. And like Sam said, what does Alex Tellers have to do? Do you have to score a half volley on the edge of the box to get in? Well, I have no idea, really. So, um, the next game is the Crystal Palace versus Fulham. Now, Crystal Palace, 1-2-1. One, one. But Fulham are looking a lot more stronger than they were recently. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it was. But again, it was another defeat. Um, you know, that's fine. I mean, Tom Kearney's shot was brilliant. That was such a good goal. So hopefully he's he's building some confidence. But yeah, personally, I think it's going to be a see you later. Um, I don't want to say this. I don't know whether there's any full of fans listening to this podcast, but I personally think that teams are going to go to, to Craven Cottage and, and basically just get an automatic three points. I don't think they've got the quality. don't think they've got the star power. And I think they were very, very lucky to um, to, to come up in the Premier League. And I, I, I think it's bad because I like Scott Parker. I liked what he did as a player. Um, but, I don't think he's got I don't think he's got the quality on that pitch every week to get a result and Crystal Palace um got a well earned victory there. I think I think Chris I think with Fulham, I think we could all admit, even though it's a bit harsh, I think realistically they will be relegated as of well, they will be relegated by Christmas. I I generally can't see them getting a win this season with the way they are currently playing. Yes, Tom Kennedy scored a good goal. Yes, uh, Lookman has came in and looked like a, a new bright spark for them. But you need more than two players that can just produce that. Mitrovic hasn't really been firing the season like everyone thought he would. So yeah, I think they'll. I think they're going to be down by Christmas. If I'm being honest. So um, the next thing we're going to go into is the Wolves Newcastle, which was one all. Wolves have been downhill quite recently. What do you guys think? <laughs> I have no idea because their football is brilliant. Um, obviously, I, I, they got the win against Leeds uh, last Monday. So, you know, they're picking the results up here and there, but they've had such a long season. I think they had the longest season out of anybody. Still had Europa League games to play, I believe, when, you know, Project Restart was happening. I know they had that break, but, you know, they were playing football earlier than anybody last season. I think it's probably just, you know, they don't bring a lot of players in. Um, I don't think it's necessarily it's bad. You've got to look at that game and think Jimenez's goal, which was a great goal, obviously scored on the 11th, 79th minute. Um, obviously, they conceded the free kick and only got the point. But I don't think anything's going wrong at Wolves. I just think it's not going to be as, as good of a season because of people um, having such a long season. Yeah, uh, I think if you're a Wolves fan, if you look at it, I think it's more with the way the free kick was given away and the way the free kick just like it was. It was a very good free kick caught out the keeper. But I, Wolves fan, you think two points lost instead of gaining three points, propelling yourself up the table. And with Newcastle, I think Newcastle just will hang. We'll just carry on to hang on in there and just grind out results. But from a Wolves' point of view, I think it's a, I think it's a bad draw to get. So the final game is obviously quite a good one for Kieran. Uh, Everton losing two 0 to Southampton. Was it because they didn't have the strongest squad? 
Well, I think they put out a strong squad. I don't know what Sam says. Sam can go first with this one. No, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I personally think it was it wasn't a bad squad. They still had James, um, Calvert Lewin, Allen, Decore, um, obviously Keane, who's who sort of started really well. I think Southampton had a game plan and they stuck to the game plan, opened them up. Um, I think in the first five minutes, you could see that Southampton were pressing. They've done really, really well this season. Danny Ings, of course, not got on the score sheet. But he was definitely in the attacking move for both goals. Ward-Prowse as well. I, I need to see him in, in an England shirt um, a lot more because I think he's going to be good. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, we're talking about Villa and Everton and you know what an incredible start both teams have made but are they going to be challenging for the Champions League like like we've said um, off the podcast um, winning the league is about consistency you know you, two years ago when Liverpool just missed out on the league we had too many draws that's not consistent enough we came back and obviously we played incredibly well um, and we were consistent throughout the entire season um, again, I want to I want to hear both of your opinions on this. Get Gary involved in the conversation. Lucas Dinier, obviously getting a red card with Charleston getting a red card against Liverpool. Do you think sometimes Everton are too hasty into challenges? They're very aggressive, and you know, could you see a lot more red cards happening with Everton over the over the next couple of games? If if I'm being honest, I don't know if you guys agree. I don't think that Luca Dean had enough in it to be a red card. I think a yellow. It's a strong yellow card. It's not like it's a stamp. He's just scraped the back of his ankle. He's not looking at the ball. He's just trying. He's just running. It's more like he's run into it and scraped it. I think. I think the referee was a little, little bit too quick to pull out the red card and not going. I don't believe he went and looked at the monitor first. On the flip side of that, though, Sam, I think Dinier was. He, I believe, it was a second yellow. It was something he was already on a yellow card. I think he got away with a lot of decisions in that game. I think he got to the point where the ref thought, "I need to get rid of him now, otherwise, you know, he's gonna." He was fouling a lot of players. I understand people are gonna be strong, but he was on people's shoulders. He was pulling them back. Yeah, it was. I think Dinier was very sort of aggressive in that game, and to be fair. You could look at that and go, if that was the first challenge, it wouldn't have been a red. But I think he was doing it a lot during the game. Gary, what do you think? Well, I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights. And I think it was more that, like you said, Everton were going in more rash challenges because they're worried about losing or drawing. And I think they want to kind of keep that momentum going and they're going in for the challenges and making wrong decisions. Do, 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 do you know that? Do you know when um, Leicester absolutely battered Southampton nine nil? I like how all the commentators say that that was the turning point of Southampton's season. Like Leicester did them a favour. I think I think Southampton did Leicester more than more of a favour. I think a nine. I don't think a lot of people will say that a nine nil defeat is going to be a turning point for anybody's season. Really. <laughs> yeah, I think they did as a favour. Yeah, so do I, so do I. Go on then, go on then, guys, they continue, mate. So we're now going to go into the score predictions. So you guys got your score predictions ready? Who won last week? Yes. Again. Oh. That was a good question. <laughs> no, no, I, yes, I know. Um, I was, he, doesn't, he doesn't come on the podcast. A very, very good friend of mine who's joined the league, uh, Michael Linklater, jo- um, 
is is won the game week. Um, yeah, he got a good result actually last night the Tottenham game. Um, I think he I think he predicted one nil. So so he's won the game week. Uh, Phil, big Phil. He he was level on points, but he didn't get a correct score this week. So he needed some points because he didn't get any last week. So but no, the you know, the league's still going on, guys. If you want to join our league, make sure uh, you let Sam know via the Instagram tfp.football. We'll give you all of the details about uh, joining the league. Gary, as well, aren't you still top of the FIFA twenty one? league uh, yeah I am one point clear at the moment so we're hoping point. that it stays like that okay well obviously isn't so when's the 1st of November I'm going to have a quick Sunday Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. It's Sunday, isn't it? So you've got Friday and Saturday games to make sure you get enough points and then you can get fee- the league finishes don't tell 1st of November I've also joined a Champions League um league as well guys so if you want to know more details about that just message me uh, on the instagram frc uh, underscore podcast i know that's not the sport one but that's all the details for the champions league one um the winner of that you get a playstation 5 so not bad not bad not doing very well um it's going to be a long time for me to predict all the games but uh, you know kiss my score incredible supporters of this podcast and uh, we'll, we'll keep obviously mentioning them in, in podcast yeah, the massive um, fans of this podcast and um, we really appreciate all of the support so um, and they're very generous as well given FIFA 21 given a PlayStation 5 I think that's very generous of them to be honest I know so let's get into these score predictions then Gary I know this is something you don't want to hear but I am a, I think it's 8 points clear isn't it you, yeah, um, mate. I think you've got yes, five ex- scores. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll move on swiftly <laughs> to not give Gary enough time to boast about his correct it, scores. It, it, it goes, that, it goes Gary, Kieran, then me. So we're all, well, at least we're all in the top three. We're all in the top three. Yeah. Um. That obviously that's very good, but uh, it's a long way to go, Gary. It's it's week. We've just had week six. So it's a long way to go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Not being bitter, but it's a long. <laughs> it's a long way to go. But let's get into score predictions. Let's see who wins. Um, let's see who wins this weekend. So, first game of the week is Wolves Crystal Palace. I've got a one all draw. Kieran, what have you got? I've got a one nil Wolves win. I think looking at their game style, they definitely like to sort of make sure they're defensive in the first half. Um, wait until teams tire out. Um, and then I think obviously get get the winning goal. So I'm going to go one nil Wolves. Watching how they play, I've gone very t- very um, strategic with that one. Looking at their tactics. What do you think? I've Sam? gone for a, I've gone for a two one Wolves. I think if you compare both teams, I think Wolves just, will just have enough to maybe edge a winner, a late winner. So the next game is Sheffield United versus Man City, and I've gone two one to Man City. I've got a two-all draw. Ooh. I know that. I know that's going to be really, really surprising. And then no Sheffield United, but the way they're playing against Liverpool, you know, they're obviously getting, they're having some tough tests. I think they played well last year against Manchester City. And listen, Manchester City are not doing well this season. You know, a one-all draw at Leeds. I know we keep mentioning it, but a draw at Leeds, draw at West Ham. You know, I don't think they're going to be doing well. And I think Sheffield United, if they can get a couple of early goals, I think that'll put them under pressure. But I still think they're going to get a point out of that one. 
I've gone for a 3-1 Manchester City win. I think they they'll I think they'll find it easy to break down Sheffield United side even if they do give their best efforts. So the next game is Burnley versus uh, the boys in blue Chelsea. So I've got a 3-0 victory to Chelsea. Um yeah, I've I... gone for, I've gone for a 2-0 one, this one. I've gone for two. I've gone three nil. I've gone for three nil. I think you know that would be rude on this podcast, but I think Werner and Havertz and need a rocket up their arse in terms of getting some goals. Um, I think Ziyech is back, so that's going to be good. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I put Chelsea really firm favourites, but I think Burnley is struggling a lot with their team. Um, so. I definitely think it'll be a comfortable win for Chelsea. I've gone 3-0. I think that's a little bit too comfortable, but I still think it's going to be a win. Right, so the next game is obviously me versus Kieran, Liverpool versus West Ham. I've gone 2 Okay. Sam, you go. I've gone 3-2 Liverpool. You've got, all, you've got all really high scorers. I'm going to go 1-0 Liverpool. I think we're... I think we've always had a good record against West Ham. I think if we keep Antonio quiet and we stop Lanzini from doing ridiculous long shots, um, I think it, I think it's going to be a good win for Liverpool. But I can't see them. I can't see us absolutely battering them because I don't think they they've got that. But that's going to be a very entertaining game. I don't. I'm going to. Um, I think I'm going to temporarily block Gary for the for the full ninety minutes of that match because uh, I think it's going to be very uh, very tight. I did originally have it down as a five-two Liverpool, but then I did remember that Virgil Van Dijk was injured, so I had to change it again. <sighs> but I was saying to I was saying to I was saying to Gary, sorry to cut you off, Gary, but um, I was saying to, I was saying that we've got quality in that Liverpool team. There's no doubt about it. With Salah, Mane, Henderson, Fabinho. If we were ever going to have a chance of winning the Champions League, winning the Premier League, there was two big signings, Alisson and Van Dijk. They are so important to that team. And we saw that with both of them being tempor- temporarily injured um, in the game against Everton. That's such a big, important thing. Glad Alisson's back, so I hope he doesn't get injured. But if he does, I think it's going to be warning signs everywhere um, for the boys in for the red side of Merseyside. So next game is Aston Villa versus Southampton. I've gone three to uh, to Aston Villa. Kieran, what do you think? I've gone two one. I think Southampton played really well against Everton. Obviously, there was that's an, this is another game for Southampton to sort of get the winner over teams that are up there um, high in the table. But I think Aston Villa is going to do well. They if they're ever going to stay where they are, Sam has no confidence in them that they're going to stay where they are. But if they're going to stay stay in the top 10 then I think um, they're going to have to win games like this so I've gone 2-1 Aston Villa I've gone the exact opposite of Kieran I've gone for a 2-1 Southampton win I think they'll have loads of confidence coming into this game a point to prove to show that they can build on that good win against Everton and I think they'll I think Danny Ings will run right against Aston Villa same way Patrick Bamford did for Leeds um, the next game is Newcastle versus Everton, and I've gone two-one Everton. Sam, what do you think? As Kieran knows, I do love my big scores. I've gone for a four-one Everton win. 
I've gone for. I think they will absolutely destroy. Sorry. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. No problem. I've gone for a three-one Everton. Um, I think, like I said, they're going to be hungry. They're going to want to get wins, and I think Newcastle, like Sam said, are trying to scrape by. They've just got a point against Wolves, and I think if Calvert Lewin is on fire, if Hamas Rodriguez can can really make an impact on that game, I think it's going to be hard for for Newcastle to to um salvage any points here. So the next game is Man United versus Arsenal, and I've gone nil nil. Looking at how Man United and Arsenal have been playing recently, uh, Jeremy, what do you think? I've got one all. I think we obviously spoke about Manchester United needing to to make the signings. We'll see what they're like at the Champions League later on this week. Um, I think if there's a game to play that then that they start Tellez, Van der Beek, Cavani. All, Dean Henderson, all of them, it will be this Arsenal game. It's it's bragging rights at the end of the day. Um, but I think it's going to be a share of the points. I think no team is looking like it's going to be a clear winner following some disappointing results. Some Sam? Opinion. I think I think we've lost Sam for now, so we'll 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 get on with the um, other predictions and then see if if Sam will uh will will come back. So um, what's the next game, Gary? Uh, Spurs versus Brighton. I've got a two on Spurs. I've got a one all. I think Spurs didn't really look that impressive um, last night against Burnley. I know they got the win, but I think a one 0 win against Burnley is not. Uh, a result that you really want to see. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go with a one or draw. I think Brighton are a great team that can surprise a lot of people. So I, I think it's going to be a good result. So the next game is Fulham versus West Brom. And now I have put quite a lot of faith in Fulham here. I've got a 2 1 win um, to Fulham. I've also gone for a two-one win for for Fulham. I think it's at the end of the day, it's it's teams that have come up for the championship. You could you could say that they've not strengthened a lot, and I think they they've got to pick up points somehow. And I think this is going to be the game. Sam, your opinion on the Fulham West Brom? Um, I'm going to go two-nil West. Sorry, two-nil Fulham. I think. If they, I know they said I don't think they're going to get a win. I was ninety-five percent sure of that, but then I remembered West Brom are just as bad and concede just as much as Fulham do. So I think, I think it'll be close. But then I think Fulham will pull away, and uh, Lookman will get both the goals for a bit of an extra bet on that. So the final game of the next week or this weekend coming is Leeds United versus Leicester. I've gone. I'm sorry, Sam, but I've gone two-one Leeds. Mm, don't blame you. Go on, Kira, you go I first think, for I think, Yeah, I think it's going to be another... Um, sorry to Sam, I've also gone 2-1 Leeds. I think Leeds have been so impressive. Um, I think Leicester's going to give them a tough game, don't get me wrong, but I think Leeds are looking so good at the moment. And this might be the end of Sam on the podcast, I think. I think he might want to do some podcasts on his own. 
you guys, I just want to say before I say mine, you guys all doubted me with the Man City one when I went for a, a weird high score. I've gone for Leicester three, Leeds United one. I think we'll absolutely dominate them and get three points to bring them back to Leicester. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. So because so because there was some because there was some technical issues, Sam um, unfortunately was cut off there. So we didn't hear the, his results of the um, Man United Arsenal game and Tottenham Brighton game. Sam, do you want to quickly tell us then before we finish off? Okay, quickly, I've gone for United to be Arsenal two one, and I put Tottenham to be Brighton three one. Okay, all right, so brilliant. So uh, just wanted to say quickly, I know this is Gary's um, hosting, but I just wanted to quickly say that if you guys want to see their results and want to see who's winning the league um, a lot more than we than the weekly, then just let us know to about the Kiss My App score. You can download it now on Google Play stores and all other app stores. Um, yeah, massive thanks to them again. It's continually being um, supported of the podcast. And... Um, I'm very, very thankful to everybody that that listens to these podcasts. Of course, I've hit the milestone of uh, 1,000 views on on over here on the channel, and um, I'm I'm very, very happy that we've all um, managed to sort of make a massive impact on that. Um, so I think it's only right we let Sam sign off this one. All right. So I know we say it every week. Just a big thanks to everyone that keeps on listening to the, the podcast and keeps supporting and leaving ideas for us to talk about. So if you want any ideas, obviously Kieran said his Instagrams that you link to. Kieran, if you want to promote that one more time so if, if people know where to come to to ask for stuff. Yeah, FRC underscore podcast. That's all of the stuff regarding the film podcast and also the football ones as, as well if you want to speak to me. But of course you have the Instagram as well. And we will definitely get your podcast started as well, Sam. Yeah, of course, of course. And then also for the TFP.football, which is the one that's run by me. So if you've got any anything you want to leave on there, if you want to join or even just leave an idea what we can talk about, that'd be that'd be honestly really great. So from all of us presenting to you the True Fans Podcast, so thank you very much for listening and goodbye.